Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. I thought before I listened to the voicemail that I was coming in here to listen to something from a 21-year-old. I'm actually pretty shocked that a doctor would tell someone in their 30s that they're too young to have their hormones checked. Like that actually kind of blows my mind. And maybe other doctors will disagree, but there is no adverse effect to having your hormones checked all it's going to do is to give you more information about how your body is functioning so if you can afford it why on earth wouldn't you choose to do that is my question as women we are often not empowered to talk about our health or to understand what's going on with our body. So if you're curious or if you feel like something is a little bit off, I don't care what your doctor says, just get it done. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast and more specifically, an episode in our Ask Rach series. If y'all have never listened to an Ask Rach episode, then I hope today's is gonna pump you up and give you good ideas and encourage you to ask a question of your own. Several years ago, we created a hotline where listeners from all over the world could call in and ask me anything, and you guys do. So we're kicking off 2024 with questions that are specifically around health, because I feel like most of us 
think about our health as we head into a new year. And I thought that these questions would be maybe something you guys would be interested in hearing. If you have your own question and you want to call the hotline, you can call 737-400-4626. You can leave a voicemail anonymously. You can ask us not to share the sound of your voice. Whatever you want and feel comfortable with is available to you. But these are the questions that I have for this week. Hi, I was wondering if you would be willing to share how you've been eating lately. You've mentioned it in a couple episodes. You've returned to a way of eating that's helped you feel better, um, that you learned from a dietitian several years ago, and it works for you. And I don't know if you would want to share, but I would love to hear the details of what that diet entails. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Okay. I totally get this question because I wonder this all the time. I have to stop myself from asking celebrity interviews on the podcast, like, well, what do you eat for breakfast? Because don't you just wonder, like, how do you do what you need to do to stay at the level that you're at? I was in Switzerland with my kids over Christmas and we were skiing. And on the last day we were there, I went skiing with my daughter, Noah, and the instructor that she had been working with all week. So she's really little. She's only six. And if you're not super familiar, skiing in Switzerland is a lot more difficult than skiing in the U.S. So in the U.S., if you go off-piste, like if you go off the ski area, you're in snow. But in Switzerland, if you go off-piste, you're in the air. You're literally over the side of a cliff. So for Noah, I really wanted her to have fantastic lessons so she could improve, but also she could stay safe. And she worked with this instructor every day. Shout out to Rory. And on the last day, I decided to ski with her. Just as a side note, I decided to ski with her because I watched her ski and she was so improved and so much faster than me down this mountain that I was like, dang, I need to learn what Rory has going on. And while I was skiing with them, every time we were in the chairlift, I would ask Rory, I'm like, what do you eat in a day to keep up the energy to do ski lessons seven days a week? And then we just had a really interesting conversation about how much protein he needs and what his diet looks like to have the energy to keep up with the life that he wants to live. All of that to say, I am also fascinated by what other people eat, and I'm super happy to share with you what I eat if it will be helpful. Years ago, I worked with a nutritionist, very specifically a doctor that specialized, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but with celebrities and helping them get certain types of bodies for the movies that they did. It was back in the day when I lived in LA before. I know I live in LA now, but this was like years ago. And he was the it doctor to talk to. So I tried it. And he put me on this regimen that I used back then. And it was awesome. And I have recently, well, not even that recently, probably a few months ago, started using again. And lo and behold, my body changed. My energy is through the roof. Everything feels so good. And I think what you're referencing in this question was how I keep mentioning that I'm doing this again and I'm annoyed that I ever got off of it and that the only reason I got off of it is because it's boring. 
It's very boring to eat the same things over and over and over, but it really works for me. I think that's where I love to start or to caveat before I tell you guys exactly what it is I've been eating nutritionally is that it really is so important that you pay attention to what is working for you. And it's important to understand, at least for me, and I think for honestly anyone who menstruates, that depending on what week you are in your cycle, your nutrition has to adjust a little bit. I guess there are people who probably can just like go hardcore no matter what and eat the same thing over and over. But for me, I am hungrier during certain weeks of my cycle than I am during other times. And if I don't adjust nutritionally for that, I'm going to get super hangry. I'm going to be a monster. And most likely I'm going to blow my nutritional plan completely because I'm going to get so hungry. I'm just going to binge eat, which is an old bad habit left over from my younger years. And I really still have to navigate around it. So all of that to say, as you're headed into this new year and you're and you're adjusting your path nutritionally and you're trying to make better choices and you're trying to nourish yourself really well, just be mindful that nutrition is not one size fits all. It's one size fits most. So I think you have to find something that works for you, but then augment it even more to work for exactly what's going on in your life at this given moment. So I can tell you exactly what I eat because this diet is very boring and you just do the same things over and over. This is not for intermittent fasting because in this plan you eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. And it works really well for like my blood sugar and keeping everything steady. I was really into intermittent fasting for a while and then I found that the benefits started to diminish in terms of my overall energy. So that's just for me personally, but I know lots of people loving it intermittent fast. This is not really that. I break my fast in the morning with one of two things. I will either have my green smoothie, which you can find on my website. Like if you go to the homepage of MsRachelHollis.com, the green smoothie recipe is right there. Or I will have half a cup of cooked oatmeal with blueberries and two eggs. It's very boring. It's the same thing over and over. If you're like, oh, what's in the oatmeal? Nothing. I make it with water. I sometimes add a dash of cinnamon, but it's very boring. The eggs are however you want to have eggs. I have two of them. That is breakfast. A couple hours later, I have a mid-morning snack. That is one apple and 12 almonds. And maybe you guys are like, girl, what are you talking about? Why is it so specific? When I have talked about this nutritional plan over the years, that is the number one question I have gotten. Why 12 almonds? The answer, because that's what the doctor told me to have as a snack. I don't know the exact like caloric intake of 12 almonds. I just eat what he told me to eat, which was 12 almonds. I do know the why though, just in case you don't know about this. Having fruit is putting sugar into your body. And I love fruit. I love veggies. There's nothing wrong with it. But you do want to be mindful that taking fruit into your body feels like taking sugar into your body and you need something to balance it out. So having the almonds is having both protein 
from the almonds as well as oils from the almonds that will help to balance that out glycemically. So you're not just having sugar, which is going to spike your insulin and then crash. It will allow those things to kind of marry together. So it's a more sustained energy. For lunch, I have protein, greens, and half a cup of either white rice, sweet potato, or white potato. So you can have some carbs with your lunch. Sometimes I do some cooked greens. Most of the time it's a salad, but I have that over and over and over. The protein changes. I eat a lot of chicken. I eat a lot of fish. I do love red meat. Usually I'll have that at dinner and I love red meat because I'm anemic. And so it's just a great way to get some iron into my bloodstream, but that's what I have. I have protein, greens, and white rice. I don't know why you can't, I'm sure you can have brown rice. I don't know. Again, doctor told me to have white rice. That's what I have. White rice, a potato or a sweet potato. A couple hours later, I have an afternoon snack, which is an apple and 12 almonds. And for dinner, I have protein and greens, period. That's like, that is the nutritional plan. Now, a couple of things that he suggested I have years ago was another apple, no almonds, but another apple about an hour before bed. And very specifically, that was so you would spike your insulin and then crash. And in that crash, it would help you go to sleep. But to be honest, I'm not hungry at night. I don't really struggle with snacking at night. So I just don't want to take any more into my system after dinner. And I'll usually just allow that to be my fast. The other thing that I do pretty often, I'm not going to lie, is I do have dark chocolate as a little treat after dinner. My favorite is a brand called Hue, H-U, and they just make so many yummy flavors. They don't have added sugars. They're really good. Like all the ingredients are clean and they're yummy. I never liked dark chocolate, but I taught myself to like it because I wanted sometimes to have a little quote unquote dessert after dinner. And that was my treat. And there's all these studies about how good dark chocolate is for you. And so I feel good making that choice. So that is what I eat every day. It's very boring. I do it over and over and over. I drink a ton. And I mean a crap ton of water, half my body weight in ounces of water at least. Usually it's like my full body weight in ounces of water. I drink it all day. And I love coffee. It's a big favorite of mine. I feel like I've cut out so many other things in my life. Like coffee's still just going to be my boo. So I have coffee in the morning and then I'll do a little like mid-morning treat. I'll make a double espresso. I have an espresso machine. I'll make a double espresso before, usually before I do a podcast recording or something, I'll just get a little boost of coffee. I don't put anything in it. I drink my coffee black and I don't drink during the week is a, is a new thing. Now I'm saying that coming off of the holidays where I definitely had champagne and like lived a really fun holiday life. But day in, day out, I don't drink during the week. I just have a little treat on the weekend. And I did that because I just feel so much better. I have so much more energy in the morning. I sleep better. It's like all the things you read about why we shouldn't be drinking at all. And I'm sure that 
that would be like the best, most high energy version of me would be one where I never have an adult bevy, but I really love, like I love a glass of champagne. I love a fab cocktail if I'm on a date and I just do. I do. And I feel like as long as I'm really thoughtful about when those come in and how those come in, I'm doing great. Maybe someday I'll want to rise to like the next evolution of my health and I'll just be totally without anything. But like I said, I feel like I'm already so focused in what I'm taking in that all is well. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Now, a couple of other caveats I will say is... I do cheat meal every week. And I know that there are people who don't like the term cheat meal because the word cheat like has negative connotation. You call whatever you want it, sister. You you call that day. You call that moment. You, You structure your life however you want. For me, I like that term because it's cute. It's funny. It's what it's always been called in my world. And it's what The Rock calls it. So honestly, like, 
vernacular is whatever. Just you call that whatever you want. I call it cheat meal. Now, I used to do cheat day. So I would eat super clean. And then on Saturdays, it would be like you could have whatever you want. But the advantage and also super bummer of eating clean, if you've ever done it for a long period of time, you will totally know what I'm about to say, is that when you're eating super clean, if you take in a lot of food that is not what you normally eat, it really messes up your system. Like, you know that saying where they're like, oh, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels? That's not true. That is absolutely not true. And I don't mean the skinny part, but nothing tastes as good as feeling good feels. Does that make sense? Because when you have like maximum energy, you're feeling so good. The inflammation is gone from your body. You're feeling good. You're looking good. You're making really great choices with your nutrition. There really isn't anything that is worth what it feels like to crash hard from that feeling. Perfect example is a month ago. It was like before Christmas. Boo and I were going on a date. And because it was the Christmas season, I was like, let's go to Moza. Moza is and has been historically one of my favorite restaurants in LA. They're so freaking good. They have multiple different spots. I like the Osteria. I go and eat all the pasta and live my best life. And we went and we had our favorite server. Shout out to Allison. We sat at the bar. We had the best night. We had so much fun. And I wasn't even back home before I was so sick to my stomach. Just like I could feel <laughs> all the pasta I ate, all the champagne I drank, all the cheese, like all these things I don't normally take in were just brutalizing my body. And I swear I was sick for two days. And I was like, dang it, it really isn't worth it. Or I suppose I should say it's not worth it at that level. Because let's be real. When I indulge, I'm not like, oh, I'll try a little bite of food, right? I remember interviewing Miranda Kerr and she was like, oh, I'll have this, this, and this. And I was like, but how? How do you look like you look, have this body, have this skin when you're eating that food? And at first, if you listen to the podcast episode, you'll catch this. She's like, I basically do like 80-20 where I'm like really perfect in terms of what I take in my body. And then like 20% of the time, you know, I, I indulge. And I was like, but how, how do you look all this way and do that? And she was like, well, actually it's probably more like 92% of the time I'm really good. And 8% of the time I indulge. And I was like, that is a more accurate answer. So I can tell you that the indulgence works better in small amounts than in like totally going ham and taking in all the things, which is why I stopped doing cheat day and I just went back to cheat meal. Saturday nights, my boyfriend and I cook massive dinner for the kids, for their friends, for family, whoever's in town. We're like, come on over. Saturday night is family dinner and we do a whole thing. And we'll cook literally all day leading up to this big payoff of Saturday night dinner. So that's my big indulgence. And 
it's a small enough amount that I feel still really good. I might be a little off on Sunday morning, but the good news is that by the afternoon, I'm feeling great again. By Monday morning, I'm raring to go. So that is the nutritional plan. That is what I currently do. And I know for a fact, if I didn't do Saturday night cheat meal, I would feel a million percent all the time. But I also just, for me personally, I freaking love food. I love it. It is like my fate. I love to cook it. I love to eat it. It is a real joy in my life. And I don't have any idea of like, oh, my body needs to look like this. This I really make my decisions for my energy level. That is what I am focused on. That is what I care about. So I make decisions for my food around my energy level. And it does affect my body. Obviously, if you're eating well, it's going to show up in your body. But for the most part, I feel like if you aim at energy, you'll get the ancillary effects that are pretty cool, but you're not obsessing over your body, which just honestly doesn't serve any of us ever at all. But if you're still with me, if that wasn't super boring, that is what I eat in a week and I drink a ton of water and that's what's going on. So thanks for the question. Let's see what the next one is. Hi, Rachel. My name's Liz. I'm 39 and I live outside of the Providence, Rhode Island area. And I'm listening to one of your podcasts about hormones right now. And you're talking about day 19, 20, and 21. And I'm curious, are you, for somebody to be those particular days, is it based off of a 28-day cycle or is it based off a different menstrual cycle. It, like if somebody's menstrual cycle happens every 36 days and not every 28, what are the days essentially that these three days for somebody else's cycle? I'm just curious if you're basing it off a 28 day cycle or what you're basing it off on. What Liz is referencing is many, many episodes I've done about balancing my hormones. You can scroll back and find it. It is forever a really hot topic on the show. You guys ask about it all the time. And what she's talking about is me explaining how I experience a hormone surge day 19, 20, and 21. So she's like, hey, where are you getting that from? Is it a 28-day cycle? Liz, where I'm getting it from is multiple different doctors who have had me test my hormones on those specific days. And it's not changing based on the length of my cycle. Cause I'll tell you that sometimes my cycle is 28, sometimes it's 32. My, I'm perimenopausal. So like last month, my period showed up a week early. Thank you so much for that uterus. I really appreciate it. But you just, you go with the flow literally when you're perimenopausal. So the days of my cycle may change, but 19, 20, 21 doesn't as far as I know. That being said, talk to your doctor. I'm getting that information because, I mean, even right now, my doctor scheduled labs for me and said, take this on 19, 20, 21. And just in case it's not clear to any of you, 
your first day of your period is the first day that you have a significant bleed. And I say significant because y'all know sometimes our period will like fire one over the bow. Like you'll spot a little bit, maybe you'll spot a little bit for two or three days before you actually start to bleed for real. When you bleed for real, that's day one. I will also just add in here that the best way to understand your cycle or your hormones is for you personally to begin to track them. Tracking your cycle in your the notes app on your phone or in your journal, just paying attention to how you feel on each day will help you to understand what's happening to you on each day. So perhaps your hormone surge comes on a different day because your cycle is longer. That would make a ton of sense to me. That's just not something I've heard from my doctor before, but everybody's different. And I think we have to feel really empowered to speak about what is happening to our body specifically because your body specifically is going to do different things than mine does. But as to where those dates came from, it was the day and still is the day that my doctor suggested I test on. And in fact, so she ordered labs for me, which I got in and I was reading the directions on them and their saliva test, which is great because when I first started this process of learning to balance my hormones, it was all blood tests. So it's great that it's easier now. And apparently she said a saliva test is more accurate anyway. So that's awesome. But even in the printed directions, like the, the thing that came in the package for the saliva test, it says to test between day 19 and 21. It wasn't like your doctor says, it was just like, here are the rules for this test. So my instinct is that those are pretty standard days. But again, your cycle, your body might do something different than mine. So definitely talk to your doctor about it. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Next question, also about hormones, which is fun. Hey, Rach. I listen to your podcast every morning on the way to work. I'm 31 years old. You talk about getting your hormones in balance all the time, getting panels done. Last time I went to see my woman's doctor, she told me I was too young to get the panels done. And unless something was wrong, there was no need to check my hormones. Um, What age did you start checking your hormones? And is this normal or should I reach out to another doctor? Thanks. Love your podcast. All right, so this one tripped me out, you guys, because basically how the podcast hotline works is y'all call in, you leave voicemails, and then producer Jack goes through and he puts the voicemails into a spreadsheet for me along with the name and the topic and then just a brief idea of the question. So under this one specifically, the question area says, doctor says she's too young for panels. What age did you start? And I got to be honest, I 
thought before I listened to the voicemail that I was coming in here to listen to something from a 21-year-old. I'm actually pretty shocked that a doctor would tell someone in their 30s that they're too young to have their hormones checked. Like that actually kind of blows my mind. And maybe other doctors will disagree, but there is no adverse effect to having your hormones checked. All it's going to do is to give you more information about how your body is functioning. So if you can afford it, why on earth wouldn't you choose to do that is my question. As women, we are often not empowered to talk about our health or to understand what's going on with our body. So if you're curious or if you feel like something is a little bit off, I don't care what your doctor says, just get it done. Now, for my doctor, Dr. Brush, she called in the most recent lab to a company. I'm actually going to look it up on my computer so I can tell you guys exactly what it's called. Now, I don't know if y'all can get this done without a doctor's note, but I do want to tell you what it's called. Oh, okay. So the company's called Rupa Health, R-U-P-A Health. And that's where my lab kit came from. And it seemed like something they did all the time. So maybe you just see if there's a way that your doctor could help you there. They mail it to you and then you mail back your saliva samples. So it's really easy to do. Not an ad, just actually what I'm looking for. I would also say it's not just your OBGYN that is maybe the person to talk to about this. Dr. Brush is a naturopath doctor. So she's really into her patients knowing all the aspects of their health so that they can make informed decisions. And what you're going to find with your hormones could lead you to a really simple solution that will make you feel better. Like when you have panels done and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that I was deficient in this way, or I didn't know that I was sensitive to this specific thing. There can be really easy solutions, over-the-counter supplements, or maybe even changing the way you eat that will make you feel so much better. And the reality is most of us are going through life with so many responsibilities that we don't understand really what's going on in our body. We kind of force our body to work through whatever we need it to work through. So you're not really conscious of like, oh, wow, I'm really low in amino acids or, man, I really could use some B12 or, man, my mood's off. I feel like something's going on with me in terms of mental health and actually it's that your iron levels are low. There's so much information found in labs and not everyone has the privilege to be able to access that or the money to be able to go get those things done. But if you can, oh my gosh, you totally should. Read The Hormone Shift by Dr. Taz. See what she says about it because she's the one who's like, you should have this done once a quarter, which feels like bananas, but I also kind of love it because I'm obsessed with my hormones being in balance. So highly recommend that. Alrighty, we have time for one more question. This one I haven't listened to yet, so let's listen to it together. Hello, right. Quick question. I'm starting to try to meal prep. Um, I can only do it a day at a time, like breakfast, lunch, dinner. I've got it all mapped out for the next day. I've got my kiddos' little lunch packed. 
is that what you do? Like, well, how do you, I don't know how you do it with four kids, but how do you set up yourself for success for the next day? Just with little things like that, or like doing your laundry, or, I mean, I, I want to know your systems and processes because you've got it together, girl, and I need some help. I just feel like I am running from one thing to the next and trying to run my business and manage my employees, and those feel like they're my children as well. Like, just little tips. Fill it all. Please help, help. Any little hack. I definitely lay out um, the outfits the night before and make the lunches for them, but then... Do you do that for yourself too? What do you do? Share your secrets. Love you so much. Gigi from East Texas. Okay. I love this question because I will tell all the things, like all the things. This is what I do. This is how I do it. Let me give you the scoop. I actually talked about this in Girl Stop Apologizing because I really, really, really believe in women especially who are doing a lot of different things, telling other women how they are doing those things. I get so frustrated to the point of being pissed off when you see like a really successful woman or a celebrity and people are like, how do you do it? And they're like, oh, I'm just organized. BS. She's not just organized. She has help. She has help and I have help and I have had help for almost as long as I have been a mother, but that has looked like different things in different seasons. So let me just walk you through it. When my first baby was about six months old and I started to work again, I was working from home, but I needed obviously someone to help. I had a nanny part-time. She came to the house three days a week and the three days that she was there, I would use to get organized and I would use to get work done. So that was when my first, that was the first time that I had someone to help with the kids, but my baby was literally six months old. Around the same time period, I had a house cleaner that would come to the house once a week. He would come on Saturdays and he would do the deep clean all through the house. He was amazing. We were so grateful for him. And it was like, that's what we could afford. If I was a bajillionaire back in the day, I would have had all the help I could get, but that's what I could afford, so I did it. And for bigger projects, like when I was writing my first books and I would need some extra time, I would ask my mother-in-law, I would ask my mom, I would ask neighbors on the street, hey, I'll take your kids for a few hours on Sunday if you could take mine for a few hours on Saturday. Like I worked every angle that I could to get as much help as I possibly could. Because we think we need, you know, two weeks of like focus and dedication. And the reality is, y'all, we can get so much done with some really intense focus and only a couple hours to work inside of. So Ask for the help that you need. Today, my world looks like a couple of things. I have teenagers, so I've got extra babysitting help there. I'm not kidding. Those boys are always trying to get money to hang out with their friends, like go to the movies or buy new clothes or whatever. And I'm like, great, you want some money from me? You need to hang out with your little sister and 
play Barbies for the next two hours while I get these things done. So I definitely hit up the teenagers for help on the weekends. I have four children, but I would really say that my parenting in terms of like doing stuff is almost exclusively wrapped up in the little kids at this point my 11-year-old son and my 6-year-old daughter cuz the teenagers are so self-sufficient they get themselves up they you know they shower they they're like fully doing their own thing they don't need me to do a ton of extra i do still make lunch for the oldest one cuz he doesn't like this food at his school but let me let me just tell you what a typical week slash day looks like. Maybe you get some ideas in here. I plan out the week's dinners on Sunday. And this gets pretty boring. I'm not going to lie. Because as I mentioned earlier in this episode, I've got certain foods that I'm eating right now. So for dinner, I'm just doing proteins and greens. And then I also need to feed these kids. I learned a while ago that this type of nutrition worked really well because I would do every night dinner is protein and greens with the addition of one carb and the carb is for the kids. So I eat the protein and greens, they eat the carb, protein and greens. That would look like grilled chicken and a garden salad with pasta and butter on the side. That would look like steak and broccoli with rice on the side. So that's basically the dinners all week long. And at the start of the week, like I told you on Sunday, I will draw out a menu. Maybe you've seen this on like my Instagram or my website or something. I'll just, I'll write it out Monday, grilled chicken with salad and mac and cheese. Tuesday, steak, stir fry. Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. I do that for the whole week. And Saturday always says family dinner because that just means we're going to have something fun. And I tape that on the refrigerator on Sundays. I started doing that for two reasons. One, when I went through divorce, I wanted to give the kids the most possible consistency and clarity on what they could expect. That was something I really craved when I was young and didn't have in my home life. So just being consistent with what they could expect to eat was really important to me. I also did it because I just got so tired of them walking in the door after school and be like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, well, what are you cooking, bro? That's what I think. That's not what I say. But I created the weekly menu so that I would train them to just look at what was on the menu and they would know the answer to that question. The menu also allows grocery shopping to happen without having to think too much about it. Sometimes I grocery shop myself because I like to grocery shop. I don't know. I put my AirPods in. I listen to Beyonce. I, I like to grocery shop. I always have. But I also a lot order groceries to be delivered. If it's a busy week and I don't have time, I'll just have them delivered to the house. I shop at Whole Foods. So I do it through Amazon and it's super easy. And now that I'm in LA, you can get so many time slots to have stuff delivered. But even when I was like 25 minutes outside of Austin in the country, I could still have stuff delivered either from HEB or from Whole Foods. So I lean into that a lot. I know that it costs money to have food and groceries delivered. But if you 
equate how much it would cost to have those groceries delivered versus how much you could make working in your business for that hour it would take you to go to the grocery store, it's not even close. Like it's better to stay in flow and get your work done at work and have someone help you to do the things that they can help you do. You know that expression, do the things only you can do and delegate everything else. This is when it comes into play. So I have the groceries delivered or I'll just wait until I have a second and I'll go get them done. I have a babysitter who comes in the afternoon. So she's specifically there just in the afternoons after the little kids get out of school because I can't, my daughter gets out at 2.30. I can't stop working for the day at 2.30. So she comes in the afternoon. She helps with the kids until dinner time. She gets them, like they play, they go to, you know, tennis practice, they do all those things. And then she'll fully get them they're older, so they do it themselves, but she'll make them take a shower, like get their pajamas on, whatever, so that by the time she leaves at six, I have dinner ready and then we're ready to go. So I'm just trying to make things as efficient as I possibly can. You also want to set it up so that you're doing the parts of parenting that you like to do. I like to have dinner with my kids. I like those things. I don't necessarily want to like battle my six-year-old daughter to go take a shower and wash her hair, you know, so someone else can help me with those pieces. And then I can focus on the stuff that I care about, like making sure that we all have a yummy dinner and that that's a nice time for us. I have a housekeeper who comes three days a week. And this is like the greatest thing ever. And I have had a housekeeper for, oh gosh, probably seven years. I have had someone helping part-time for at least seven years. It is an absolute privilege. It is an absolute luxury and it is worth its weight in gold. There were many, many, many years as a working mama, I couldn't afford that. And then you just do what you can do, right? You clean your own house. And you, if you can, get someone to come once a month and do a deep clean. But again, if I look at what are the things that only I can do, only I can record this podcast for you. Only I can write my next book. Only I can do these things. But if there are awesome people who can come and be part of the team and they're super pumped to have a great work environment and you know, make really good money and be part of our very loud but also awesome family, then it's just a win-win for everybody. But if I seem organized, I think a massive part of that is because I have an incredible helper in our babysitter and incredible support in the housekeeper who helped to make this life possible for me. So if you're like, how do you do it? how are you doing all this by yourself? I am absolutely not. I am just absolutely not. I am really focusing in on what I can control. And the other sort of headline, I mean, I felt like I had to talk to you guys about this for like nine hours. Like here's all the things, but here's what you need to hear most. You find a routine that works and you do the same thing over and over and over. And it is so boring. But when you figure out the 10 dinners that work for your nutritional plan and your kids will actually eat, those 10 dinners, that's your go-to. That's what you're gonna do 
over and over and over. You're going to stick with what works. It's like Facebook guy whose name I'm forgetting, Zuckerberg. It's like him wearing the same outfit every day or Steve Jobs wearing the same outfit every day because they didn't want decision fatigue. They wanted to make it as easy as possible for them to live their life. It's the same for us. We need all the energy and focus we can get for the things that matter most. Those elements of your family life or motherhood that matter to you most, that's what you've got to spend your energy on. I really care about meals. I really care about, you know, I get up in the morning and I make the kids lunches. Everyone except the 15-year-old. Like I do the lunches in the morning. I send them off to school. At night, dinner, that's me too. I care about that. I care about the food that we eat. But I don't care as much about something that maybe is really important to you. And what matters is that you lean in to the things that you care about and the other stuff you let go. If you're like, well, I don't have the ability to have a housekeeper come three times a week and do the laundry, great. So maybe in this season where you're building your business, you don't get to invest as much time in a you know, perfectly tidy house and that's okay because these are the building years. Maybe you sacrifice some of those things now so that later you can have the support to help you get the fully realized life that you want to have. But there's got to be a trade-off. We're all trading off something. What matters is figuring out those non-negotiables that you're like, yeah, I really care about. Like for me personally, I really care about what my kids eat. But when I was a younger mother, I could not have cared less what they ate for lunch. So they ate lunch at school all the time. It's only as I have learned more about what's in food and more specifically what's in school food that I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. So I'll spend the extra time and energy to make their lunch to ensure that it's right rather than taking the easy route and just letting them eat at school. But understand, Gigi, there were at least five years where my kids ate at school all the time because it was easier for the season of life I was in and I didn't know better. You're not going to get this wrong. You're not going to get this wrong unless you run yourself so ragged trying to be perfect that you can't accomplish anything. Focus on what you can control. Find a schedule that works for you. Do it over and over and over again. And yes, it's boring, but it's also consistent and it will get you the results that you want. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode of Ask Rach. I hope it was helpful and you got something out of it. If you're digging these conversations, you can call in and ask a question of your own, 737-400-4626. And if you're liking the podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would share it with someone that you think would dig it too. I will be back soon with more conversation. But as always, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org.